When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, you were wondering how the Oilers would respond after a sloppy and disappointing loss in Philadelphia, and they responded well. They do not get the win, but they got out a single point in a shootout loss to the Minnesota Wild. The Oilers would not go away in this game, including in the shootout, which lasted six rounds. They twice scored to prolong it, but in the end, Eric Stahl gets the game-deciding goal. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins coming back off a tough night was 50% in the face-off circle, tied it on the power play with 4.39 to go. Leon Dreisaitl continues his excellent play. He had the Oilers' other goal in between the Wild getting their two from Dumba and Zucker. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. Thanks for spending some of it with us here on a Friday night. It's 9.16 along with Rob Brown. I am Reed Wilkins. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how the fans will react tonight. Uh, I mean, I personally, um, looking at this three-game road trip, I was really disappointed with the first period in Buffalo. Obviously, a lot to be disappointed about last night in Philadelphia. It's hard for me to pick this one apart, um, given you know how the game went and, and what had happened last night in Philadelphia. And I mean, you're uh, maybe a goalpost by Latestu in the shootout, or uh, you know, a good Dubnik save uh, away from from maybe getting out here with a win. Well, you're uh, you got your best player, uh, you're the best player in the world right now, Connor McDavid on a breakaway in a shootout. He scores. You got a great vote road victory. You know, you're, you're tired, you're beat up, you're coming in 5-7, and seven, playing against a good Minnesota team. You trail, you come back, you tie it, you go to o- overtime, you kill off a penalty in overtime, then you get in the shootout. Now your best player, if he scores, all of a sudden it's a huge win on the road, good road trip because you come back 500. So I don't think you look at it much differently with the fact that Connor misses and, and Stahl has an all-world, all-world penalty shot goal. Because at the end of the day, they, they came, they played hard, they got a point in a tough place to get a point, and now they go home get a little rest. So I, I thought it was a good road hockey game for them where they were just one break away from not getting that second point. So 3-2, the Wild take it in a shootout. The Oilers are now 14-11-5 on the season. When the schedule came out, this was one stretch I immediately identified because it was five games in seven days that ended tonight. And the Oilers with the uh, somewhat unusual-looking record of 1-1-3 over those five games. They started off with an OT win, then they had an OT loss, then they had another OT loss. Last night, they lose with a minute 29 left. The winning goal, obviously, you know, they, they should have won that one. They were up 5-3. And, and a shootout loss tonight. Bad news is uh, not getting the wins over these five games. Good news is uh, you get a po- at least a point out of 4-5. out of five. Well, to me, I, we, get, we had a lot of angry callers last night. And there was a lot of people disappointed with the way things are going. And, and I'm looking at it the other way. This is an Oilers team that's been out of the playoffs for a decade. They're in the bottom five, more or less, for the six or seven of the, or six of the last seven years. Uh, not many had high expectations outside of Edmonton of this being a playoff team. And right now they're sitting on top of their division. And there's going to be ups and downs. They're going to lose to teams that are lower than them in the standings. They're going to beat teams that are higher. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm not getting frustrated. Right now they are probably a little higher than I expected them to be. And for for a city that hasn't seen... Uh, a team in December in Edmonton be actually in a playoff race. I mean, it's fun right now. We get up in the morning looking at the scores from last night to see who lost. Normally, we were hoping that the other teams were win just so we'd get a better draft pick. I mean, we were, we were talking draft picks right now in December, the last number of years. So I know there's frustration when we lose some of these games, but they're still ahead of all these other teams. That means these other teams... They're they're losing games as well. So to me, this is this this team is over exceeded my expectations. They're going to be in on top of the division at night's end, no matter what happens in the Anaheim uh, San Jose game. And, and now they're getting into a little bit better of a schedule for them. Hopefully, a little bit of rust, hopeful or rest. Hopefully, a little bit of home cooking, and then get back going in the right direction. But they were 500 in this five game set. That's pretty good. We have Greg, 780-496-0063 to drop the puck on the calls tonight. Hey, Greg, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. 
Um, that was an unreal move in the shootout by Stahl. That was crazy. I uh, I think uh, uh, Talbot bit a little bit early on it, uh, but uh, still, nonetheless, uh, you know, if the Oilers would have played this type of game uh, last night, uh, they probably would have won. But I got a question for you guys. Um, what do you guys want to talk about on the show tonight, and what you guys, what issues do you guys have with the game tonight? That's what I want to hear. Wow, no one's ever asked us before what we want to talk about. Well, we don't. We already talked about some of it. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, let's talk about the, the bounce back from uh, Nugent Hopkins. Much maligned last night. It has not been a, a, a stellar year for him. And we talked, you and I read at the end of the, the second period, this would be a great night for, for him and his line mates to do something in the third. And they score a huge power play goal late in the game to tie it, to send it into overtime. So hopefully that'll be a catalyst to, to throw Nugent Hopkins back into where he needs to be. Because we know that whatever line Connor McDavid's on is going to be good. We know now that Leon Dreisaitl is going to drive whatever line he's on. If they can somehow get the other line going with Nugent Hopkins and Eberle, who have been first-line players here before... You've got a three-pronged attack that is going to be very, very high to defend. So hopefully tonight's game with Nugent Hopkins will start him going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Greg, a couple things that stood out. I, I, I echo Rob Dreisaitl continues to just look confident and impressive and initiating, you know, the shootout goal to keep it alive. And, uh, um, you know, I, if the Oilers would have lost this game in regulation time, I think we'd be talking a lot more about the McDavid turnover. I mean, a rare irresponsible play to put it quite frankly he he was he swooped back and he looked like he was going to go with that puck with speed and he kind of inexplicably dropped it back and that led to a, a short two-on-one for the wild and a goal and uh you know hey a, 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 just an extremely rare play by well, david all good players make mistakes they they do hey, nobody's immune to it i i've i've watched uh Games this year, Crosby making mistakes. We've seen games with, I mean, earlier this year, Ryan Getzlaff, who's, what's he, a two-time uh, Olympic gold medalist. He's won a Stanley Cup. In overtime, a three-on-three overtime, he dropped it to the other team who went down on a breakaway and scored. The best players make mistakes. They just, when they do the good things, they do those more often. Yeah, uh, McDavid took a penalty in overtime, and then I mean, and then later he had a shot that, that almost won it that Dubnik got over to stop. And let's not... Let's not forget about Cam Talbot tonight. I, I mean, he shows his value to the team. I, I think his workload is still going to be something we discuss going forward. I thought Talbot was... I, I would have probably given Talbot an 8 out of 10 if it hadn't gone to overtime. I give him a, a flat-out 10 out of 10 for tonight's game. I, Talbot was brilliant in overtime. And now you start thinking, was he brilliant because he had an extra day of rest? I mean, you start to think, okay, he got that night night off last night in Philadelphia, a little bit of rest, and now he comes back and, he, and he's stellar. So they, it would have been great if Gustafson had a good game last night so you would have the full confidence to continue to play him and get Talbot the rest that he needs. Uh, but Talbot bouncing back after a day off looked very, very good, very sharp, and was one of the main reasons that the Oilers got a point tonight. Talbot's my fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I can tell you those homers in Minnesota uh, picked Stahl, Dubnik, and Zucker as the three stars. They were picked by the Minnesota website, everybody. Imagine that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and Talbot was exceptional. But I, I thought Andre Sekra was awesome tonight, and he is—he has emerged as as a stud on the back end right now. He led all skaters tonight, all skaters with 29 minutes of ice time, including four and a half shorthanded where the others were very good, and eight block shots, including a huge one in overtime yeah. with time running out. 9:24, entertaining game. Well, the end. Games against an entertaining game that for a game involving the Minnesota Wild. Let me put it that well, way. Well, it's funny. Last last time we did the Minnesota, I said the same thing entertaining afterwards, and Jack and Bob made fun of me. But, but the last five, six minutes of the games yeah. have been entertaining, and that's all we can remember. And Short-term a, memory and, loss. And a six-round shootout to boot. We have Nick on the line. Hi, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I uh, I used to be one, one of the guys to uh, shamefully uh, hate on Everly. And uh, honestly, like I didn't get a call or get time to call last game. But after watching him last game in this game, I, I feel like he's really putting in the effort at least, getting some shots away. He, he's, you can tell he's listening to Todd. and I uh, I, I don't know. I, I think if he, if he gets more opportunities, I hope he can get going just like dry settle thing going here. Like It's nice to have two stud centermen going again. 
one more comment too. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be asked like a hundred more times on the show, but what do you think Todd was thinking by putting Hendricks on the shootout? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to double check his career percentage here. Nick, I should have had that ready. Well, you Go and ahead, I, Rob. when we saw, I mean, you and I, we always try to guess who. He's forty. He's forty-two percent yeah. coming in, so now he'll be forty, yeah. which yeah. is high. I mean, Reed and I are both trying to guess which players we're going to go for either team and I guarantee you and I promise you that neither Reed or I picked Hendricks as one of the guys that we thought was going now and this is what I said to Reed if whoever I think it was Coy whoever shot for Minnesota and they would have scored yeah McDavid would not have shot in the shootout then I didn't realize he wasn't even going to shoot third anyways he shoots fourth now it comes out he doesn't score either but yeah I, I was surprised at Hendricks shot I really was uh, kudos for dry settle going. He's as hot as any player that the Oilers have, and it's hard scoring when you're shooting and you have to score. It's much harder than you going in to shoot for a win. Both dry settle and Jordan Eberle, huge goals to keep the shootout going. What, what do you what do you think of them using Latestu in in the leadoff role, Nick? Honestly, like I after seeing him in the Winter Classic and and the couple other shorthanded shots that he has, like I. I thought at first it was a bad decision, but on like I, I think I trust him, especially since he hit the post too. Like I don't know, I like I think he can hold his own. I just I, I think more than anything they were putting Hendricks in there for more heart than anything. Like I like what he brings to the game. I like his checking, I like his heart, but I don't know if he's really the guy to pick for the shootout. I could think of more than half the team that would go ahead of him. Yeah, but the thing is, the coaches do go off of uh, the, the players' number. their career numbers and stuff. And Hendricks actually does have good career numbers. He's yeah. he's going to be around forty percent. That that's good. I think the average is around thirty to thirty-two percent. So forty percent is quite good. Nick, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Wild beat the Oilers three-two in a shootout. The Oilers' overtime lineup was this, or a shootout lineup was Latestu. <coughs> Post, Hendricks stopped. Dreisaitl scored. McDavid stopped. That would have won the game. Everly scores to prolong it, and then Nugent Hopkins stopped to try to prolong it. So the Wild take it 3-2. Two goals for the Oilers tonight. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. It's up to $2,200. Follow it on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We have Gail on line four. Hi, Gail. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Good. I just have a, a comment. Um... I'm probably a diehard Oilers fan, not a bandwagon jumper ever. And I really appreciate uh, Rob's positivity and positive outlook. That's how I see it as well, Um, his comments exactly. And I just want to say that ever since Rob's been on the last few years, I'm now a diehard listener. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate all that you say about the Oilers. You seem fair, and uh, appreciate the positivity. Well, thanks. That's very nice of you. Did, did now is there anything you want to talk about about the game tonight? Is there anything that you saw? Unfortunately, I only saw the end where they tied it up and the overtime. I did think that uh, Connor Connor did look uh, just bagged, just yeah. tired. He did. Uh, I know that Bob even his face. Yeah, Bob and Jack talked that he w- he'd been sick. Well, I mean, if you only saw the overtime and the tying goal, you saw the best part of the game, so that was good <laughs> on your part. You, you missed the boring yeah. part. <laughs> Thanks, Gail. Exactly. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. That's Gail at 780-496-0063-32, the wild win in a shootout. We don't get the Japanese Village goal light tonight. We did get it last night, even though the Oilers lost, because they scored five when they do score five or more, we turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. Three spots in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, we got to do a quick 9.30 news break. we got to update this wonderful weather that we're having as well. Plenty more to talk about. We're going to have post-game reaction from the XL Energy Center. We'll start with Leon Dreisaitl, who got his team-leading 13th goal of the season tonight. How about this? He has 10 goals in his last 14 games. Rocket and Cam are the first two guys after the news up on the open line, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. The Oilers now 14 11 and 5 on the season. The winner of tonight's San Jose and Anaheim game 
will tie them for first in the Pacific Division, but will technically be first because of games in hand. Uh, that game tied 2-2 with six minutes left in the second period. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Cross-ice, Koivu waits, dishes, Soder, lines. One-timer save, Talbot on Miko Koivu. He's been peppered, but Cam Talbot responding with the kind of effort he looked forward to giving tonight. Great game by Talbot. That's your save of the game for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. The final shots, 36-27. Minnesota had nine of their shots in overtime because they did have a power play, and that was when Talbot did his best work this evening. The Oilers killed off all four Minnesota power plays. The Oilers go one for three on their man advantages, including a late goal by Ryan Nugent Hopkins to tie it up. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. we got one texture saying, yeah, nice job Minnesota. Talbot should have had all four stars. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Uh, he was he was good. Dubnik was good as well. He was named the second star by Wild.com. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl in a second here, but first we have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, Rob. I, you know, I agree with you 100% on um, this, is, this is a game that I think they, 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 they had a good bounce back game in a game that they lost and in previous years you know this is a game that they they probably would have folded like a tent and lost right and they came back and they had a lot of battle and you could tell they wanted it they wanted the two points like the shootout overtime everything you know like they the one one tie two one and then coming back to two they wanted the two points they wanted to make amends for the other night and this is something that i have not seen in this team over the last decade and that's that's why it's exciting when you wake up in the morning and and like you said you can look at the stats and and you know oh anaheim lost that's awesome or you know la got got beat 4-1 it's it's good to be able to to have that feeling again you know it's been a long time so i i just wanted to comment on uh you know and even the other caller robbie she's uh obviously a big fan and uh you do uh you do have um you know a positive way of uh explaining things and you're straight to the point and that's that's always much appreciated and i've always agreed with a lot of things that you've said as well as uh you too well you know what i what i liked about the Oilers tonight too is there was some desperation in their game and there was one play it was later in the game it was a one-timer coming uh, to the to the Talbot's left, and you had two guys diving almost head first, trying to get in the way of the puck. And I think that's the one thing that has been missing in the Oilers' games over the last decade. There wasn't always desperation in their game. And some nights you're not going to have the energy. Some nights you're not going to get the bounces. But you can always play with desperation. And I think that's what I really like about this new Oilers team here. They brought in some players that have been in other organizations, and they have a will to win. And sometimes you don't win on talent. Sometimes you just try to win on grit. And I've seen that more so this year than I've seen in a number of years here in Edmonton. It doesn't always lead to wins, but it always leads to to competitive games, and that's what we're seeing more of this year than we have in the past. Rocket, good to hear from you, buddy. Oh, sorry, go ahead. There was was a three-game losing streak, and I said they were going to win the next two, and they won the next two, and that's that's what I see in this team is fight back. Instead of going on the four, five, six, seven-game skit, they don't do that anymore. No, good point. Sorry, and, and, and I mean, if, if you're that good at predicting, I'd like you to text us next week's lotto numbers, yeah, yeah. and we'll share them. We'll share the money. Thanks, Rocket. Uh, texter asking, could you confirm Connor and others were playing this road trip with the flu? I thought I heard Bob and Rob say something about that. Well, yeah, Bob's with them, um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I know well Bob enough to read into the timing of that that obviously he's with the team and probably knew which guys were sick over the last couple days but didn't say anything till they're coming home with a chance to sleep all day tomorrow and get over it and uh bob did say that yes connor has been under the under the weather uh he also implied strongly that talbot was uh, not feeling great a couple of days ago and maybe even as recently as as yesterday i know somebody's texting in about adam larson's ice time which was a little lower than usual mm-hmm. in 1643 you wonder if that was a factor as well or just some general fatigue, but there were some guys uh, 
apparently not uh, not feeling great as they went along on the road here, which does happen. Yeah, that's the one thing about a team, and, and anyone that's got kids playing hockey or going to school or playing baseball or whatever it is, once one person on a team gets it, it seems like it just runs through the team. And all, all the National Hockey League teams at some point will have that go through their team, and it just suck it up and play through it. And they don't whine about it, they don't cry about it, because it's part of the game. Ricky says, uh, to quote Josh Donaldson, this is not the try league, this is the get it done league. A loss is a loss. I'm a diehard Oiler fan, always will be, but I'm tired of losing close and saying at least they tried. Just isn't good enough anymore. Need to capitalize, need to finish, need two points. Ricky, totally agree with you when it comes to Buffalo and Philadelphia. Totally disagree with you when it comes to what we saw what we saw on the ice tonight. Let's go back to uh, Minnesota. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Tough team to play against. Um, obviously, we, we take the point, but um, you know we, we, we obviously want to want to get the second point as well. So um, you know, unfortunate we couldn't. Um, you're playing really well. The puck's going in for you. Is it your hottest streak you've had in the NHL? You got points last year, but the goals are really piling up in the last. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident right now, and the puck seems to um, bounce my way a little bit, which which didn't happen the first couple of games. And um, you know, obviously, I uh, I take up. Uh, your coach today said that you really worked on your faceoffs to, to make yourself into a heck of a faceoff guy. Did you do stuff in the summer, watch tape? What did you do? <laughs> yeah, both everything. Um, you know, you you try and learn from other guys in this league and try and. Uh, Try and add that to your game, and you work on it. You watch video, and um, you know it's just a, a matter of you know uh, getting getting more experience. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl who gets his 13th goal of the season tonight. The Oilers, though, wind up with just a single point, 3-2. The Wild take it in a shootout, which lasted six rounds. We have Cam, 780-496-0063. Cam, you're going to finish the play with us, but first, what's on your mind? Okay, I've got uh, three points uh, for Rob tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing, I think Rob's the best on the Edmonton Airwaves since uh, John Short. We oh, really enjoy his comments after the game, and that's why we tune in every night. Uh, second of all, um, I really I go to most of the games, and I watch everyone on TV. Um, Tyler Pitlick, whenever he's on the ice, he's super exciting. And I just can't believe that they scratched him the other night. And he's got energy, he can score, he hits. I just uh, don't know why McClellan's not playing him a little bit more. And third, I just want to ask Rob, I just spent 330 bucks on a hockey stick for my 12-year-old kid. <laughs> would he buy his kid a $300 stick? And what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> well, I could lie and say yes, and then my kid would phone the radio station and say, no, I didn't. Um, I, no, I, I, I have a buddy that owns a sports shop, so I get pretty good deals on my sticks. Uh, that kid, Your kid must have been very good all year long to get a stick that's worth that much. All right, wow. Camp, we're going to finish the play with you. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Backhander shell, 37%. In across the line. There it is. Rich Oh, do we hear the players? No, that's that? going to be a tough one because I have no idea who that is. Uh, I believe that's Everly's attempt. Goal or no goal, Cam? Um, in the shootout, Eberle to try to keep, if this keep it is alive. Eberle, he had to it's score course, to keep course. it alive. Yeah. All yes. right, here we go. Backhander shelf, thirty-seven percent in across the line. There it is. Richard score, snapped it by him, glove side, and Eberle has tied it up. All right, good stuff. Cam's in the grand prize draw. He gets finished the play correct this evening. He uh, should actually get a star beside. I mean, he guessed it without even knowing who the player was. That, that That's a first. That is a first, so good on him. Text to 630-630. Hendricks is actually a very good shootout person. He has this one move. It's called the wagon or something where he fakes and goes on and scores. Okay, first of all, <laughs> Hendricks calls the fourth line the wagon line. The move is called the paralyzer. <laughs> but, hey. It's... He does have the – and he did it tonight. He did it tonight. But uh, He actually Dub- got a good shot away. Well, I mean, Dubnik has seen it before. And Dubnik did bite at first, but he's a big man, and he was able to get across. 
and, and was able to cover it. I mean, Hendricks percentage-wise is good. Yeah. I mean, he's f- over forty percent on it in his career, so that is good. In the last call of the talk, I agree. Pitlick would never be out of my lineup ever. He'd be in every game, and I would elevate him. He was very good on Dry Settles line today. I would play him there again on Sunday. Got an assist tonight. Played twelve minutes. All right, let's go back to Minnesota. Here we have Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Did you feel like that was a gutsy, strong effort back-to-back? And the only thing missing was maybe just you know, a shootout goal to give you two points as opposed to one? I think that's a good way of assessing. I'm proud of our group tonight. Um, been tough on us lately. The schedule, the way we've lost some games, um, the frustration level goes up. And, and often when that happens, it sucks a lot of energy out of you. But I thought our guys played a, a real strong game tonight, player one through player 20. And... Um, Happy that we could come away with a point. Obviously, we'd like to have another one in uh, in the shootout, but uh, we'll take that effort and uh, bottle up. We'll get home and get some rest. What did you think of Cam, and especially maybe in, in overtime with uh, the power play? Well, it was tremendous. Um, I thought the whole night he was pretty solid. And, um, makes you feel good when, when he's in there and he's performing the way he is. Um, you know, we don't want to make mistakes, but we're humans and we do make mistakes. And to have him back there to uh, to help us out and cover up is, uh, is comforting. You mentioned last night a few guys struggled in Philly. Do you feel that most of them bounced back tonight and had a good performance? Yeah, like I, uh, I said earlier, it was, it was a team of 20 tonight. Everybody found a way to, uh, to leave their mark on the game. I didn't think there was a lot of passengers. Um, you know, they found ways to contribute um, throughout the night. And at opportune times, you look at Nuge, who had a, a real tough game in, in Philly. He bounced back with a big goal a few minutes left. And, um, you know, I, we're, we're learning lessons as we go. Uh, tonight was a good lesson for us that, that we know that we can bounce back when we need to. Dreisaitl playing as well as you've seen him? He's playing very well. He's big, he's strong, he's making plays, he's got tremendous vision. His face-offs are going up, um, using him more in the penalty kill. Uh, just he's a confident young man right now, and uh, we're lucky to have him. That was Cam was really tracking the puck today. Obviously, it didn't look like he was out of position at all. No, he was. Um, Especially that, in the overtime, he was. Out. Yeah, the whole. Well, I thought the whole night. I mentioned earlier that uh, it's comforting to have him back there when he's on his game, and um, you know he bailed us out when we made mistakes. We're going to make those, uh, but it's very comforting when he's there. He's a uh, calming effect on the group and did a tremendous job tonight. Better game from Nuge tonight. Yeah. He said he was better, but he still was not as good as he could be. No, Nuge was much better tonight. Uh, I don't even think there's uh, an argument to be made there. And, you know, if he thinks there's more there uh, after the game tonight, that's a good sign. But he was way, way better tonight than he was in in Philly. And um, he's not an old player, but he's a mature player now. He's been around for a while. And. Um, when your mature players can bounce back like that, that's a good sign. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan after the Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Minnesota Wild. The entertaining end of the game, the Oilers had to kill off a penalty in overtime. I We wrote it down, Rob. The Oilers lost the draw in overtime. McDavid took the penalty a minute nine into OT. Mm-hmm. And then the only player to control the puck on the penalty kill was Cam Talbot when he covered it a couple times. Letestu won the one face-off but by the shooting yeah. out of the zone, but they never really had the puck. Yeah. It took um, about three minutes and 20 seconds for the Oilers to... Sorry, three minutes and 40 seconds for the Oilers to actually control the puck in overtime. In three-on-three, three, that's why the first face-off is so important because it, you play keep away. It's so hard to get the puck back when you in a three-on-three three with that much space out there and that many talented hockey players on the ice. And it's imperative. You win that opening draw. When you don't, you're chasing. The Oilers were chasing. They eventually chased it into the penalty box. And Cam Talbot made some big saves on the penalty kill to get them into a shootout. All right, Josh is up next on the phone line. You're also going to hear from Eberly and Nugent Hopkins. 3-2 wild in a shootout. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 3-2 shootout victory for the Minnesota Wild over the Edmonton Oilers. Goal scorers, Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins, Dumba and Zucker, Eric Stahl with the game-deciding goal. 
I'm okay. I have to sneeze. I didn't know where to go with that one, so I just waited for you to come back. That's fine. There's only one. Usually I sneeze three or four times. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, you know, Pitlick getting back in and making an impact like we talked about before. It was an impact. Sometimes you need a little, a little jump in your game. And Pitlick, who didn't play in Philadelphia, came back in. He had fresh legs. He, he showed off the fresh legs. He was very good tonight. And they up, they elevated him in the lineup. They moved him up. He didn't just get fourth minute or fourth line minutes. He played with Drysaddle and Pouliot. He created the 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 opportunity for on Drysaddle's goal by getting the puck out on the out of his zone. Uh, he he's not afraid to shoot the puck. And I imagine the way he played tonight that he'll be back on that line again on Sunday against the Jets. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here's Josh on the line. Hello, Josh. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Um, uh, yeah. First off, I just want to say, like, uh, Rob, Rob Brown, uh, best analyst I've ever heard on uh, on a radio or a TV show or anything. Like, unbelievable. I agree with almost everything you say. Well, um, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Oh, no problem. Um, uh, secondly, uh, I'd like to touch on that fact. That last guy called about Tyler Pitlick. I really don't understand why he's uh, out of the lineup all the time. Like, every time I've seen him, he's been playing like playing unbelievable every time he's out there he's exciting he's uh he's just he doesn't seem like a guy to me that makes uh bad plays he's always making he's always making good good plays like um and and uh thirdly just want to say like uh i've been an Oilers i'm diehard Oilers fan but uh you know those last 10 years have been rough and i really like rob's outlook uh all night about uh you know just being positive like uh we're first in the division right now and it's like it's unbelievable just the fact that it's exciting every uh, every night to, to watch the Oilers. Like uh, December, it's been I can't believe like we're still in a, we're still in the playoff hunt. It's awesome, especially the expectations that have been uh, throughout this year. And uh, fourth, I, I I don't know if you guys will take this, but because uh, I uh, it, it isn't about tonight's game because I uh, I've just been listening all night, but I haven't watched. I didn't get to watch the game, but uh, I want to know Rob's thoughts on. Uh, just on that uh, whole Manning and McDavid, uh, uh, you know, thing that happened last night, I, uh, I, I, I've heard, I've talked a lot about it with my buddies today, and I just uh, been wondering, like, what, uh, like, do you think, like, I've heard that he should have, like, you know, ma- you know, he came out in the media, and he, now he looks a little bit like a whiner. Like, what do you think about him actually stepping up and uh, fighting? Uh, You're talking uh, about Manning, correct? Yeah. Like yeah. Actually fighting him. No, I think yeah, like, he just Manning fighting someone on the others. Is that what you're saying? No, well, I know, like at the end there, he said like about uh, him, like you know, stepping up and what kind of guy Manning is, and uh, stepping up and actually fighting some of the others. Oh, okay, but, like, yeah. Uh, you know what? Okay, on that, what Manning? If it is true, and and I'm sure it is that he said things along the lines of "I meant to do it." That's wrong. It's it's this is it's like everyone that's listening right now goes to work in the morning. It's their livelihood. That's how they bring home money to to pay for things, to look after their family, to look after themselves, and that's what hockey players do. So to to intentionally injure a player and and not allow him to do what he does to to provide for his family is wrong. And if you intentionally try to hurt someone, there's something wrong with you. I've been on benches and I've seen guys on the other team get hurt, and it makes you sick to your stomach. Because you know he's just another guy out there who, who's doing what he loves, and this is his living. Now, I've also been in games where guys have said things that they just do it to irritate. They do it to get under your skin. And that's my guess on this, is that Manning was just saying that to irritate uh, Connor. I don't think he's malicious enough. I would hope he's not malicious enough, Manning, to have intentionally tried to hurt him last year. Seeing the video, I don't think he would have been. And I'm hoping it is just something that he said, and it's just a classless act, and not more than that. As for would he step up and fight one of the the others, I I doubt it. I don't. I think he probably would pick who he would fight, and I don't think the Oilers were giving him a lightweight <laughs> option in the fights last night. So I think with what's been said now, I think he's more apt to have to answer the bell when he comes and when they play again later in the season because now it's out there and you know before that game there's going to be a ton of media, a ton of questions all about what happened last night in the game. 
All right, the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard looks like this. The Sharks and the Ducks are tied 2-2 after 2. The Capitals beat the Sabres 4-1. Columbus winning 4-1 in Detroit. The Blues over the Devils 4-1. And the Rangers beat the Blackhawks 1-0 in overtime. Nick Holden with the only goal in the game. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings beat Brandon 5-1. And it is uh, the Oilers Farm Team, Bakersfield, leading Charlotte 2-1. That is uh, after the second period. That's your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. You can text us at 630-630. Nick says, what's up with the ticky-tack penalties of late? The Scandella hook and Larson interference calls stand out. Were the refs a little bored or what? Uh, That could be it because they were both bad calls, both terrible calls. In in a game that was that close, you knew that one goal was going to be the difference. You can't make calls like that. I, I don't know why they were. But they were both horrible calls. Fortunately, and it worked out that both teams benefited or were were hurt by the the same amount. But yes, there was bad calls on the referees' part. Uh, we got Matt and Anthony on the phone lines, but I want to give you guys uh, the time that you need. So I'll bring you in after the ten o'clock news, Rob. Before we uh, break here in about a minute, uh, what what did you think of the uh, Gabriel uh, Curtis Gabriel? penalty on Russell with about eight minutes left? For, well, it was stupid for one. I mean, you're a, a fourth line guy in a in a one goal lead, that, with a one goal lead late in a hockey game. To, to go out and take a penalty is dumb. Second, the league's got to look at it. It was a, an elbow to the head of Russell. Russell wasn't looking, so it was a defenseless player, and, and it was predatory. So I would think that that would be looked at. I would hope there would be at least a fine just signaling, say, this is unacceptable, but it was stupid and it was reckless. In a shootout, Wild 3, Oilers 2, 780-496-0063. Matt and Anthony will keep the calls going after the news. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perrin. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perrin Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in. It's 10.06. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The final tonight in a shootout, Wild 3, Oilers 2. Oilers now 14-11-5 on the season. All right, Matt's been hanging on, 780-496-0063. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing, Rob? Reed, how you doing? Very good, thanks. How are you doing tonight? I'm not too bad. I just got to work, but such is life. Anyways, I uh, just wanted to comment here on the, just the revolving door on the lineup that's been happening lately. You know, we go on a five-game winning streak and everything's great, and then we lose one or two, and then, you know, Todd's brought out the Mick blender now, not the Mac blender, but he's brought out the blender, and every other shift it seems like we got a new uh, new look out there on the lines, and sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not, but something's got to be said for... Uh, just stay in the course and you know ups and downs happen but none of these kids are uh you know developing solid chemistry with each other you know i guess they got to kind of play around and see what works but um when stuff works it seems like they switch it up anyway so anyway that's kind of my issue i've been noticing lately but um you know we're still playing decently we're we're playing good hockey we're tight with uh with the other teams they're close games but uh, i just think more consistent lines might uh, get us more W's here in the future. Well, a good point. And I, I, I've been on certain teams where they've stuck through thick and thin with lines, sometimes with success, sometimes with other. I've been on other teams where the coaches, you know, if you have a bad period, all of a sudden we're switching everything up. Um, I think one of the, the reasons there's been a lot of line shuffling has been a, a couple players not living up to the expectations of the team, such as a Nugent Hopkins. If he's playing well and that line is doing well, then then you can leave Dreisaitl as a third line, or second or third line center, whatever you want. want. You can split up and make three different centermen, but when the Nugent Hopkins line isn't going, now all of a sudden you're really hard-pressed to find offense, and now you start flipping Dreisaitl up to make sure that Connor McDavid has someone that can, that can get the puck to and get the puck back to him and, and create offense. So... Uh, it, it's hard to, to say. I mean, they've had more success this year, obviously, with their record. It's better than it's been in, in the last decade at this time. So 
I I can see both sides of it. I can see them saying, all right, well, we're going to stay with this for a month or six weeks and we're going to ride it out through the highs and the lows. But then you're going to have people calling in saying, hey, Lucic is struggling. Why is he still on that line? Maroon's not putting the puck in the net. What's going on there? So it's hard. It, it's easy to second-guess a coach when it is over. Um, but it, it, I've, I've played with coaches that want to keep you on your toes. And if you have a bad shift, well, you're not going out the next shift. And I don't think it's got that bad here. But uh, Todd McClellan's not afraid to switch things up period to period if things aren't going the way he wants. All right, let's go back to Minnesota here. Here is uh, Jordan Eberle, who had a goal in the shootout tonight, also picked up a power play. What can you say about the way you guys played that game overall? I mean, it's, it, it's a tight game. They play a very detailed game. They don't give you much, and, um, you know, you don't want to give them anything. I think the chances they created were from us. So, um, I mean, I thought I thought for the most part we played well. We had our, our lines rolling. Um, it was good to you know cap off uh, the tying goal there late. And, I mean, like I said, getting to the shootout, I thought it was a, a gutsy kill for our, our team in, the, in overtime to, to get us to that point. And shootout, like I said, anything can happen. It was a good shootout. What do you tell guys? I don't know if you talk on the bench during the shootout. You faced Devin hundreds of times before, but you know what was the strategy there? I, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's really a strategy. I think you go in with a couple moves in your head, and, and you know once you. You know, pick up the puck and go see what the goalie is looking like. I mean, you just try and find something. Um, like I said, it, shootouts are um, they're great for the fans, but they're a bit of a crapshoot for that extra point. But I thought we battled a couple times to come back into it, and, and like I said, it was a gutsy kill in overtime to, to give us a chance. Jordan, how do you look at this one? You get a point out of it, but it's the third straight game where Alita slipped away too. Yeah. I mean, is it good news, bad news? How do you how do you play this one? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can really talk about slipping the lead away. I mean, that was a hard-fought match from both teams. Um, for sure, the last two games, um, you know, we, we deserved better. Um, we gave away, obviously, two points in Philly and for sure one in, in Buffalo. Um, tonight, on a back-to-back, I thought it was a gutsy effort from our team. I thought, um, you know, we, we limited them to a little and we, we tried to really play a defensive game and, and get all four lines rolling. I thought for the most part we did that. Um, you know, we got it in overtime and, and uh, like I said, it was, it was a great kill and, and anything can happen in there in the end. Well, it was a tense kill. The Oilers had to kill off a penalty to Connor McDavid in overtime. Cam Talbot was uh, absolutely peppered and was able to hold off the wild. And got the benefit of a, a post as there was one one-timer by uh, Coy's that went off the post. But the, the Oilers, they, they were desperate on their kill. And their goaltender was very good. They and it was, The worst part is they, they had to kill with... The one, I mean, you lose a face-off on the kill, all of a sudden you got a 4-3 and, and, and you're in a little bit of trouble and the Oilers were. But... They got it done. They got it into the, the extra time. They got it exactly how they wanted. They had their best player with the, the game on his stick. And unfortunately, in one of the rare times we've seen with Connor having an opportunity to, to salt something away, he wasn't able to. And this one, uh, Devin Dubnik was just a tiny bit better than, than Cam Talbot. His both goaltenders were excellent tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Anthony standing by. Hey, Anthony. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Yeah, good. I just uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I was hearing it on the on the radio here. Um, but man, Jack Michaels kept me on my seat on that OT uh, when he was on that call. It was just unbelievable. I was a nervous wreck driving in the road. He's, Jack's great. He's very very excitable. I imagine when he drives down the road, he's yelling and screaming. I bet he's excitable when he drives too. He is Jack. a very animated human yes, being. He yes, he is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he is totally. But I have a couple questions for you guys. I, I'm kind of curious, like what the record is with Pitlick in the lineup versus when he's not. And do you guys think that he's going to be? Is Pitlick ever going to be out of the lineup now? Because by the by the looks of it, the Oilers are a better team with him in the lineup versus him out. Am I am I missing it or? I I agree. I agree that uh, Tyler should be in the lineup every game. I've said that since the beginning of the season. I love what he brings. Um, there's been times where I thought he would be in the lineup consistently and then has been pulled out of the lineup. So I don't know going forward if he's ever going to be a consistent, always in the lineup type of guy. I hope that he is. Um, the The problem for the Oilers is they when they're healthy up front, which they are, you don't want guys to sit for a long time. Like right now, you got Puliyarvi out of the lineup. You do not want him in the press box for a long period of time. He's, he's a young kid that needs to be playing, whether it's here, in the minors, World Juniors, somewhere. You can't have him sitting out. So you've got to pull someone out of the lineup. And then if you have a Pouliot out, you're not going to have him out of the lineup having $4 million in your press box. He played better tonight, so he's going to be in the lineup next game. So there, there's about four guys that will be through the rotation of in and out of the lineup. 
I hope that Pitlick is one of those guys that's in more than he's out because I think he the team is a better team when he's in the lineup. Uh, he's been scratched three times. They've lost all three games. So there you go. Okay, so I guess they're at 0 for 3 and when he's in the lineup, they've got a better record. Uh, and then my next question was about uh, Jesse Puyarvi. Like, I think this kid should go into the minors and get get some more playing time because he's not doing anything good in the, in the press box. And, and what's the average ice time when, he, when he's in the lineup? He doesn't get that much ice time either, right? So... Well, Reed will look up his ice time right now. He only played seven minutes last night in Philadelphia, and I agree. If if he's not going to play and play uh, significant minutes, he doesn't have to play 19, 20, but he's got to play 13, 14 if he's in. And if he's not yeah. going to be, if he's going to be in the press box two, three games in a row, then yes, send him down to the minors. I my my thought is send him to the World Juniors, let him be a superstar for Finland here in the World Juniors, then bring him back. But he needs to find playing time. Practicing is one thing. Playing is a whole different thing, and you need yeah. to play as a young kid. He's played. So what, what's the mindset? Sorry, or sorry, Reed. What's the mindset of keeping him then? I, like we've got all this talent. We've got like you know we've done this. It's, it seems like we're in a like as an organization, they're in a, in a vicious cycle. You always get these high first round draft picks, and they're forced to play. In, in the case of Yessi Priyari, he, he doesn't have to play. Like we don't need him to be a world-class, you know, like a leading scorer. Or we, we don't need that depth. We've got Pitlick, we've got Pouliot, like you said. Like, why are we, so why are we keeping him? I mean, it's a good point by you. I mean, a lot of, when, when Taylor Hall came, he had to play because he was better than anyone right. they had. When when Nugent Hopkins came, there's a lot of people thinking he should go back to the minors, but he played, outplayed guys in training camp. Sam Gagne, I mean, it go, there's a long list. Pouliot, uh, had an okay training camp, nothing great. He had an okay preseason. He looks like an 18-year-old. He, he's he's going to make mistakes over. Here. He's learning the game over here. He's going to be good, but he does need to play. So I I, I agree. You know, so I don't know what the thought process is with him. I think one of the things they're thinking, well, we're not always going to be healthy, and then we'll be able to put him in the lineup consistently. But they have been healthy up front, so. To me, they've got to find ice time for him, either in the NHL, in the AHL, or in the World Junior Championships, and they've got to make a decision soon because you do not want him just sitting here getting stale. Thanks, Anthony. Pugliarvi's played 22 games. He's played more than 15 minutes in a game only three times, so there's some context on his ice time. Will and Jared up next on the phone lines. The Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Wild. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So the Oilers just played five games in seven days. They will now play six times in the next 18 days. A little bit of a different pace. I think the scheduler was drunk when he made the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> or he just didn't care about the Edmonton. Well, I'm including their Christmas break, which will be, uh, I mean, the, 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 the new CBA says you have to get the 24th, 25th, and 26th off. Unless the 26th is a Saturday, then you get the 23rd, 24th, and 25th off. They've had that the last couple of years. The Oilers will also get the 27th and 28th off this year. It's, it is nice. I, I played pro for 16 years. I never, ever got to come home for Christmas. So for 16 years, never got to come home because we played every time. We played the 23rd, and every time we played the 26th. So the holiday wasn't very much. It was just two days. The guys, you need a break. You need a break during the season, just physically, mentally. And it's always nice to be with the family and get home for a couple days so uh, the Oilers do have a very very good break this year Wild win 3-2 in a shootout Eric Stahl gets the game deciding goal the shootout lasted six rounds alright we have Will on line three hi Will good evening to Robin Reed. how you doing doing very well how are you tonight alright uh, just wondering about the the defense by committee do you think the, the Oilers will look at acquiring someone that that's going to provide power play, uh, I guess, a specialist, I guess, uh, as the demand going into after December here uh, with the chase and all, you you would think that, that that's going to be at a premium going into the playoffs. Do you think they'll always be doing something uh, before the end of the season? Well, the, the Oilers would love to have a right-handed power play defensemen that could play in their top four, but so would everyone else in the National Hockey League. And the Oilers tried hard to find someone, eventually had to give up their best player, Taylor Hall, or their second best player, Taylor Hall, to get a guy that not a lot of people out here knew a whole lot about. 
it, it's hard to find that defenseman. As for going forward into the playoffs, if the Oilers are in a playoff position or close to a playoff position when we get into February, getting closer to the trade deadline, the Oilers are going to be buyers. I mean, Peter Shirelli knows that if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. He knows the importance for this franchise and for the players that have been around here for a while to play in a meaningful game in April and May. So they will be buyers, but I don't think they will ever buy that's going to cost them something that's going to mortgage their future. The Oilers' best days are in the future. I think if they make the playoffs this year, that might be a little earlier than expected and be a nice little present. We have Jared on the line. Hey, Jared. How's it going, guys? Good. I just got a quick question for both of you. Uh, Pugliardi and Liney were ranked second and third, correct, going into the NHL draft last year? Yes. And what do you think? Do you think there's that much difference between them that one of them has 17 goals and one of them only has one goal? Or do you think it's just the way they're being handled or how much they're playing or who they're playing with? Oh, that's a good question. I I didn't think that there would have been this much of a gap. I think part of it is how they're being handled. Um, it's. I mean, I watched that line A play, and he's good. And I what I've seen out of him, I haven't seen yet out of Pugliarvi. I mean, we we watched them both together when they're in the World Juniors, and they both. Pugliarvi was the MVP. Yeah, the and they were both excellent in that tournament. Um. Liony, a lot of when when you're a goal scorer, when you're a professional athlete, uh, confidence is huge. Right now, the, everything I read about Liony is they say he's a great kid that is very confident, and it shows in his play. I don't think Pilyarvi here has the same type of confidence in his game. So Liony right now is a better hockey player. A year from now, two years from now, it might be completely different. So partly how they're handled. Partly, Lionel's got off to a good start, and his confidence is sky high. And maybe he's just a little bit ahead going into this season. I mean, he went second overall. There was no doubt that he was going to go second overall. And now they're not even comparing him to Pugliarvi, who he's just ahead of. I just read an article yesterday about how they think he might be better than Austin Matthews, who was the consensus number one pick. So I don't think we have to worry about comparing them coming years years to come. I just think we want to see Pugliarvi play and reach what his potential is, whatever that may be. Line A and the Winnipeg Jets will be here on Sunday as the Oilers open up a three-game homestand. We'll have it for you. 6 o'clock for the face-off show, 7.30 for the start of the game on Sunday night. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted tonight. Always fun to talk to you. Anaheim has gone ahead of San Jose 3-2. Just under five minutes left in the third period there. Rob, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Sunday. Our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. Thanks for your hard work. More on this game on your favorite hockey team on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. We've been coming to you from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. The final tonight in a shootout, Minnesota Wild 3, Edmonton Oilers 2. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Talk to you soon.